a tough loss for the Braves on the road at Evansville. And we're going to bring back the positivity to the conversation. Let's get after it. Best laid plans is what they always say. Welcome back to Braves Talk. This is the Iceman, Matt Freights. That is the OG Rick and the coach, Brad Powell, over on the other side. Some technical difficulties to start this. I want to peek behind the curtain a little bit. We like to do this. This is my attic. What is behind me is my attic, and they are sitting in front of a green screen in their basement. This is what's going to happen sometimes. The best laid plans never work out. Flub the intro, everything else. But I want to bring something positive to the table as we get started, and we will get into the game action and everything. But I want to introduce Bradley Nation to somebody who is very important to me. Come around. Who's very important to me and coach and OG. Know this guy. Oh, Here yeah. He yep. is. Here he is. Hi, uh, James. For everybody who is not aware, this is my son, James Allen. James, will you say hello to everybody watching? Hello, everybody. <laughs> exactly. Hello, so I wanted to He's bring got his him Bradley on. Red on. He does have his Bradley Red on. I wanted to bring him up here to get to meet the fo- the fine folks. Daddy, mommy said I got to do this quickly. So, so I'm doing it quickly, okay? That's a good point. You're doing it quickly. So can you tell everybody, go Braves. Go Braves. And to have a good night. Have a good night. And we will see you on Sunday for the Super Bowl. And we'll see you on Sunday. But the Super Bowl. Okay, excellent. Thank you so much, buddy. All right, so I wanted to get some positivity out there. So let's get to talking about the Braves, gentlemen. How you doing? Iceman, doing well. Um, doing better now than I was at 9 p.m. Wednesday night. Or 9 p.m. 10 minutes ago. Or 9 p.m. 10 minutes ago. Uh, and then obviously some power issues last night. Small tornado north of town uh, over this way. And I, I wasn't even home yet, so I was oblivious. I was indoor five minutes. Power's out. But... Uh, yeah, back to the Braves came up short on Wednesday night, but it's the Valley as we always say, and that's going to happen, unfortunately. And we can talk more about that here in a few minutes, but, uh, I know that this man next to me, dad, is pretty excited about tomorrow's <laughs> game though, for sure. Yep. Absolutely. So we do have a lot to talk about this week, uh, tornadoes aside, and it was a rough game, but let's get into the game. So obviously the Braves go to Evansville, lose what I consider a heartbreaker by 3, 73-70. The final shot, which could have tied the game, Duke Dean doesn't count, and it is what it is, right? Inconsistent performance, I think, because they were down really big, and Brad was embarrassed because this was the first Bradley game I'd watched in full. I've got it on my phone, trying to put my son to bed. I think it was like 19-4 to 4 or something like that, and you're like, this is embarrassing. Like, I'm, I'm so sorry this happening. And they come back. But the second half, we went live, or I went live, and you were there, kind of inconsistent. Um, you know, it is what it is, right? So Duke Dean has a decent game, pace of the team with 15. Ben Hummerkaus comes back with 14. He had an integral foul, or was part of an integral foul at the end of the game. And look, the big picture, I think, is still in a positive space. But I want to get your initial reaction to the game. You first, Brad, and then my man, the OG, come in right after him. Yeah, so obviously we got off to a 
slow start, no doubt about that. And then one of the things that concerned me, and it's funny because I, I kind of took some notes to myself during the first half, like things I wanted to make sure I remember about how I was feeling uh, during that time. And the second half, my notes kind of fell off because I was so engaged in the game. There was a lot to really pay attention to at that point in time. But 12 turnovers in the first half, it's hard to win that way. Uh, and just simply shots not falling, which... yes. You know, you got to put in the bucket to, or in the basket to win. And we were not able to do that, especially early in the first half. You know, I, I wish we were more aggressive going to the basket, but I just have to accept that that's not who this team is this year. And it's not for a lack of trying. I mean, I think that we make an effort to do that. Um, it's just not our strength right now. And then also on kind of on top of that to segue, I felt like we had a lot of one-on-one play early in the first half. And that may have been by design. Maybe we liked some of the matchups. We liked our athleticism and thought, let's just go out there and take it to these guys a little bit. Um, but it, it did not play out in our favor, I didn't think, early. And then, like you mentioned, 19-4, to 4, the margin got to 15 at one point in time. And then Hickman and uh, Leon's going scoreless in the first half is also yes. not a recipe for success. And all the while, when this is happening, um, I'm telling you that Although I did say, man, this team is better than this. I'm sorry that this is the way this has started for you. Um, I, I told you I wasn't worried because I was like, if we can close the gap, uh, we haven't played two poor halves consecutively with Hickman all year. And I don't think we're going to do it tonight. And so if we can close this gap and get it in the single digits before halftime, I like our chances in the second half. And we were 0.1 seconds away from making me a profit. Uh, but that's that's those are the breaks i guess so that's just kind of my real quick analysis of how i felt about the game overall and um it really a tale of two halves which has been bradley's identity a little bit this season we're learning though i think we're learning that and i hope they're learning that you can't beat especially the good teams that way uh you didn't beat one of the lesser teams in the league that way and that's certainly not not going to get the job done tomorrow against drake and when you nope. say profit, you mean profit as in like your FanDuel account or you mean like a oh, profit? No, man, I, I, like, I have like a strict <laughs> personal. Now, granted, like on the typical betting sites, you cannot bet in-state um, against in-state teams or for in-state collegiate teams. But uh, I I kind of have a hard, fast rule. Like I don't bet on teams that I'm like emotionally invested in. That's I fair. try not to anyways. It's just it's too much. It's, it's enough already just uh, riding the wave of being a fan. And then you add something like that on top of it and it, it could get out of control really fast. So I try not to, uh, I try to steer clear of that. Good point. Rick, sorry, go ahead. Yep. Yep. No, no problem. Now I think we just came out totally unfocused, especially on offense. I thought our defense really wasn't too bad, although we, we have played much better in the past. We had some very good shots that just did not fall that we've been hitting not getting the rebounds, you know, the offensive rebounds early, not playing in-your-face defense like we normally have been doing. Got us in that 15-point hole. But neither Brad nor myself got worried. I was as relaxed when we were 15 down as I was when we were down by three, and you know, with the seconds coming to an end. But because we've done it before. We've been down by 23 and, and come back, you know, just this year and, and even, well, more or less. You can't, you ca- can't count on that, though. No, no, I know you can't count on it, but it was too early in the game to just panic. It was really knowing that we Knowing that we do play good defense, our guys are going to start hitting shots, which they did. Hickman, Hickman and, and Leon's both had 
zero points at the half. Um, Leon's ended up with nine, and Hick was what? 14. Hick had 14. 14. So, I mean, there you go. I mean, they'd have knocked down a couple more shots in the first half. We'd have. And we'd have been on top. So yeah. Hickman had a weirdly inconsistent shooting night too. He was less than fifty yeah. percent from the field, like five yeah. of twelve. Yeah, so I'm like, yeah, but I, I think a lot of it just comes down to we weren't focused. And I said you know, that last our, week. Remember our, when we were yeah. prepping for this, and you guys, and, and it wasn't like you guys were like, nah, we got this. It was more like, yeah, well, I, I think usually we're focused, and I don't it like the, I don't like the term trap game. You know, and essentially, oh yeah, no, what it was, but but. Evansville's not a bad team, and they brought you know their best player to come back, which elevates a couple other players that played pretty well. But I think outside of Hummerkhaus, there wasn't another player on Evansville that was in double figures. No, but you also said that they were kind of like Bradley and that they went through a slump mm-hmm. without him, and then they're yep. a different team with him. And the yep. thing I noticed, and I don't know if you guys picked up on this in the second half, and I think I even said this a lot when I was live, is they can't get a stop when they need one. And right. it was like every time they'd make a bucket, go up, the momentum shifting in their direction, Evansville would come down and get another bucket. And it was like, and I must have said it like a dozen times, they need to get a stop here. And it was either some BS shot that went in or they got a foul. And it was like every time. Yeah. And sometimes that's the breaks, right? Yep. That's sometimes that's how it goes. Yeah. And, and it was and, just Evansville's night, I think, right? Yes. I mean, it was their night. And once oh, um, we were their Super Bowl. Yes. Oh. A lot of people were saying that. And that's what happens, though. Like when you're when you are the defending league champions, you're gonna be a circled game on on the calendar for everybody. And a program with the tradition of Bradley maybe ampl- amplifies that uh even more. And then of course they have a Bra- a former Bradley player on their roster, uh, which you know I'm sure adds a little bit of fuel to the fire, I would imagine. And um, you know, I know that late in the game, I think Duke Dean took an ill advised three, like way early in the shot clock. And I, I know there were a lot of people that were pretty upset about that. And I obviously was upset not a, about it. Yeah. Not a, not a super, uh, super great decision at that point in time, but that didn't, that didn't lose the game. You know what I mean? Like no. you have to look back. There were a lot of well, things that happened throughout that it's game. It's a collection of things that get first to half. Yeah. yeah. And coach, coach after, you know, you know, post game show Wednesday night set, you know, his first, I think initial reaction was, you know, defense. We just can't play defense. But then he was on the radio talk show this morning and kind of retracted that a little bit. Said our defense really wasn't too bad. Our offense, 17 turnovers. That's uncharacteristic of the way we've been the last month and a half, two months, you know, is, you know, that many turnovers. Usually not been more than 11 or 12 in a game, but 17, seven ill-advised shots. Um, and Coach Wardle even said said there was a couple of different times, a couple of guys were playing, didn't know where they were supposed to be. So, I mean, they looked, you know, they were, a couple of guys were lost. So, then I think on a defensive end in, in this particular game, and I've seen it not just this game, but other games, is our, our freshman. And that is uh, Kyle Thomas, uh, Birch, and even Atlison. When they get drove on, you know, They'll run into, you know, a little screen, they'll slip past it. But in all that process, and sometimes there's not even a screen, the guy that they're on blows right by him. And it happens every game, two or three times a game. So that's that's on film. Teams are going to watch that. So we need to either create some help or these guys need to get it and get on top of get themselves in a better angled position to not let them get by him. So and that's I'm, happened several times. I'm sure – 
Coach Wardle goes to the film afterwards as any good oh, coach would, right? And so yep. just looking at the box score, right, you have 8 of 27 in the first half from the field for Bradley. And that it, you, you're not going to win shooting less than 30%. Yep. But they were fifty over 50% in the second half. So, yep. like, that's probably more characteristic of the team, that you yep. would say the second half is more characteristic of the team. It's just unfortunate that, as Brad said, I think it was just Evansville's night. Like, they almost yeah. couldn't miss when they when Bradley needed them to miss. And I thought the back and forth on Twitter was was entertaining from my perspective anyway. But I don't think that it, it takes away from where Bradley still is. I mean, you, you kind of need that win because Drake ends up eking out a win against Southern. And obviously Indiana State now, there's some distance there. So the number one seed's probably out of, out of the picture. But Bradley still is in a good place for where they could be overall. Right. It just sucks when you lose to a team that you know that you're better than. But it happens. Oh, That's yeah. why they play. By the way, before we get going here, I just want to remind everybody that if you want to give some takes or say hello, you can call or text. Right now we're live, so I won't be answering the phone. But if you want to text 703-718-6314, we have received a few on our line here. A couple of people talking about turnovers, uh, Malibu Leans having six, and some people, Ted, saying hello to the show. So either a comment or send some text messages. We love to hear from the folks in Bradley Nation and uh, keep it coming, all right? Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, chime in, guys. Hop in the comment section on YouTube. Type your comments in there. Uh, text, and you know you can call any time, and you can leave a message, and we can play on the next show or something like that if you have a general statement. But um, yeah, you mentioned that the overall goal is still well within reach, and I think that's it right now. I mean, we talked last show about kind of the pipe dream that maybe was out there of an at-large bid. That ship has sailed. Oh, and yeah. that's fine. And so we can put that behind us <laughs> and focus Goodbye. on and focus on the task at hand, which is putting ourselves in a position to. Uh, win Arch Madness, and and I believe this team is one thousand percent capable of doing that. Uh, like you mentioned, the number one seed probably locked up right now in Indiana State. Uh, I know that there are there are some possibilities percentage wise for Drake to sneak up there, and Bradley might even have a very 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 small chance. But I'm not not even counting on that. And you got the bracket right there. Yeah, let's take a look uh, at that as of today. As of today, I want to make this clear. We're going to do this uh, every episode until we get there. For those of you who are listening. We'll try to walk through this in an audio sense. But right now I'm showing the projected bracket. If the tournament were to start today, I'm talking about Arch Madness right now. And I mean, Bradley's in the same position that they were when we did our episode last Saturday. So it's not as if they're in dire straits now where they're suddenly on the same side of the bracket as Indiana State. And look, they're going to have to win some tough games in order to win and get to the NCAA tournament. But this is kind of what it looks like now. So uh, Rick, what do you think about where they are right now? And, and do you think that if it all ends this way, that they're still in good shape? Yeah, they're going to be either the second or third seed, my <clears throat> my deepest opinion. And it it's really not, the only thing then it's going to matter is we're going to play the sixth seed or we're going to play the seventh seed. So, I mean, <laughs> neither one of them. I mean, competition-wise, either one, neither of those are going to be easy games. No. You know, for us. Um Drake, though, um, they'll—I mean—they'll have the same option. You know, they're either going to play the six or the seven, depends on how they finish. You know, we beat them twice, we're, you know, and win the rest of our games. Even along with them, you know, we get them tomorrow and get them at their place. You know, I'm not sure what the tiebreaker is if we split, but but uh, outside of I don't know what the first. Anyway, I'm not even going to go in there right now. But but anyway, it's either going to be the second or third seed, and. You know, unless we totally fall off the cliff from here and then we drop even further. Yeah, that's so, not going to happen, though. That's no, that's no, not no. going to happen. I have no no doubts about that. Um, 
you know, this team is it, historically Brian World teams have always played their best yep. basketball in February and yep. in the and in the March, and I don't expect it to change. And, I, and I'm really amped about tomorrow because I think it's going to be an example of that um, that's going to set the tone for the rest of the month and put us in position to uh, do some damage at, uh, at Arch Madness. And, you know, what team does Bradley not want to run into, uh, Jonah asks. And I'm not afraid of anybody. And I don't think that Bradley is, obviously. Nope. Um, I, you know, Missouri State is streaky weird. Like, they're not yeah. very I good. I don't think they're very the, well coached, but they, they're talented. And, and if they get hot, they can cause you problems. Uh, Xavier Johnson at Southern Illinois, always a concern. He's one of the best players in the league. Um, Murray State's another team that's really athletic that can get hot and, and cause you some problems. And they have Belmont if they get hot from three. They got watch Gillespie out. back. So, yeah, so they have Gillespie back. I mean, really, every team is pretty darn solid. I mean, outside of, you know, Valpo is very solidly probably the worst team in the league right now. Um, anybody else, uh, if, if things, if the chips fall their way and you don't show up on top of your game ready to play ball, uh, they can get you. Yeah. And so, um, but does that mean that? We're worried about playing anybody? I don't think so. Uh, not one bit. Now, the phrase from uh, Ryan Wardle this morning was respect all, fear none. Yeah. So we definitely want to respect because I was thinking about this as I'm as we're preparing for this and as I'm flubbing the intro and all that good stuff that goes into, you know, a professional broadcast like we're doing here. And it's like regular season games are one thing. You, know, you can look ahead in the regular season. Things happen. It's a long season. But once you get into these winner go home scenarios, I think it's a lot different, and as you said, you got to respect every team because, yeah, Valpo's not very good. Missouri State is streaky, but when you get to these situations, it represents the same opportunity for them as it does for Bradley. Win as many games as you can, and we could get to the NCAA tournament. It usually doesn't happen, but there is even a Cinderella element to these small tournaments, and so a team like Bradley, who is one of the more talented teams in the conference, has to make sure that they are on lock and on point. And I think even a loss this past week kind of gets them refocused, at least I think. And it can't snowball into Saturday's game because that's a crucial game. But I think that they are better prepared now mentally. It's like, all right, maybe we got that out of the way. And maybe that's not a thing. Maybe people don't believe in that. But I kind of believe in that, where sometimes you need to get slapped in the face to kind of come to reality. And perhaps this team has done that, and they're going to go on a massive run here and get to the NCAA tournament. Yeah, because it's very different to lose a tight game um, in overtime to Indiana State on sure. the road, right? And then it is to lose on a Wednesday night at Evansville in front of 300 people. It was, um, yeah, it was light. You know what I mean? It's it's a very different situation because you walk out of Terre Haute, obviously not happy because you were right there, but you're like, you know, but you're thinking to yourselves, we're right there. You know, I mean, this is a team we can get. Um down in St. Louis if we get the opportunity. And, you know, Evansville, you walk out of there with a, a little different feeling, I imagine. And I I said, I tweeted out right after the game, like, I would not want to play this Bradley team on Saturday because I do think that a loss like that to a team like that can refocus a group. And it's some people really, it drives some people crazy. But Brian Wardle is always like, I think he loves being the underdog. He loves having that chip on his shoulder loves being able to go into the locker room and say, hey, there's people that are doubting you guys now. Uh, there's there's people out there starting to question if, if, you are, if you're tough enough, if you guys are cut out to do this. And I think he leans into that somewhat. And they seem to be at their best when they have sort of, a, like I said, that, that underdog mentality. And if 
whatever, man. Like if if that loss at Evansville is what it took to catapult us to go on a run and uh, and win the conference tournament, I'll take that all day, man. Yeah, but there were positives to take, right? Because you had the the biggest comeback in school history earlier this season. And then in this game, you're down big early, and a lot of teams will fold, but they end up coming back. Now, I get it. They can't ultimately make it happen at the end, but it's not like they made this run and then faded again. They were in the game the whole time. So it tells me that Bradley is a dangerous team in the sense that you may think you have them on the ropes. Don't let up on the gas pedal because they score and can kind of turn it on defensively whenever they need to. And that's a dangerous combination. And it's a dangerous combination for a team that's sitting in the five seed or the four seed in the NCAA tournament, too. You know what I mean? Yep. And we won the tournament as a five seed. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's talking about you get to the dance, man. Uh, that's what and that's, dance, yeah. yeah. And that's what happens. Uh, you know, I was kind of uh, trying to give myself a little perspective and looking back to 2019 and the 2020 season when we won the tournament back to back years. And 2019. We were a five seed, and I looked at, we went on a five-game losing streak right in the middle of the Valley season and uh, lost some head scratchers and then go on to win the conference tournament. Uh, the next year, not there were a couple bad losses, like a loss at Miami of Ohio, um, losing at Valparaiso, but I, I, we ended up being the three seed and going on to win, uh, win the tournament again. So we've been here before. We've been through this. And uh, obviously, you know, we won the whole league last year, and then you know came up short. Not that there's that's like that's goes hand in hand. Obviously, that's not what I'm saying. But um, uh, where we are does not count us out by any means because we've we've lived it and we've seen it, and uh, we've seen this coach do it. And um, I have I believe, man. Like that's all I can say. Yeah, uh, I know that's like huge. Like I'm just being a homer, but I love this team, and uh, I. I have no doubt in my mind that they're going to be ready to go. Yeah, and as you said, Rick, before we even came on here, at this point, you're over the Evansville game and we're moving on to Drake. So let's yep. talk about Saturday because big game at home and at Carver against a team that you need to win against. And I think they're, the crowd's going to be at a fever pitch for this game. I think the team is going to be motivated, but let's kind of talk about some things. We also got a text message from Ted about this game. And he said that the 30, he, this is a thing that he is hypothesizing, the 30 to 35 plus minutes a game from our big four might be rearing its ugly head. And he did say something that made me laugh based off of what we said last week, that they need some better minutes from Thomas Meta and Davis. What do you guys think about that? Oh, Meta's going to get time tomorrow. Yeah. That's already been been said by, by Wardle. Because he's going to, he needs somebody a little bit bigger, massive size to go up against Brody. Not that, you know, I'll, I mean, I think, I mean, Meta's not going to be a, an offensive threat. And <laughs> it's not even a question. He's going to be out there to create some defensive distractions for them. I'm not sure how many yeah. points Brody's. You've got to, to be able to put – he's the biggest body we have. You've got to be able to put a big body on him uh, for stretches in the game, and that's that's the game plan. Uh, we talked to him – me and Dad talked about this um, offline like last week, I think, just looking ahead to this game because Meta hasn't played a lot lately. We're like, I you know. This is the game where it seems like he's definitely going to get minutes, and obviously, coach has already said that's going to be the case. And I, I completely, I completely understand why you're going to do that. It makes perfect sense to me. Um, I, I get that maybe the production hasn't been what some people would like, and there's no getting around that necessarily. But he's the biggest body we have, and we've we've got to put a big one on Brody if we want to keep him uh, in check. What else do you guys think is going to be keys to the game besides size? I mean, obviously, you have a big guy. You're trying to go size for size there. But 
what are you looking for them? Are you looking for them to come out hot? Are you just looking for them to come out consistent? Because after this particular game, you know, there's always a worry that the mentality could be low. But I think I think Coach Royal is going to have this team ready. But what yeah. are you guys looking for in the first five minutes of the game? Focus. Focus on the job at hand. You know, hitting your shots. You know, when you get them open, working effort. Um, no silly mistakes. Keep turnovers down. Yeah, that, I mean, I'm looking just for like sort of a bounce back, right? I figure, you know, tonight I'm going to have a bounce back beer, man. I got my Braves brew here from uh, Home of the Brave. Having a bounce back beer, I encourage you to do the same. I like it. Uh, I like it. At home, but um, looking at the game, I, I do want to see some, like Dad said, some focus and, and to see us try to minimize our mistakes early. We don't want to you know, eliminate uh, self-imposed mistakes, unforced errors, and those are things that every coach is going to say. But those are the things you're going to have to do to beat a good team like this. And Darren DeVries, who Tony Segetti uh, informed me, is definitely a junior, not a senior, as I said last time, unfortunately. So um, he's a problem. He's a player of the year last year. He's going to come out. And if we can just keep contain him, you're never going to shut him down. But if we can contain him and keep him from going we have. I, I understand that uh, with different rosters. And I know a lot of guys are back. But last year you had... Yeah, we had Malavai, Defensive Player of the Year, and Malavai is back. Uh, but you also had Rank but, and some other pieces like Jay Sean. You had some pieces that could help you out there that were good defensive players. But he had a much better support staff or you know supporting cast with him in teams past. He doesn't have as good a supporting cast. His you know supporting cast right now is Brody and Enright. You know, there's a couple of you know of the other guards that's not bad, but. Yeah, I get I get there are guys that are that are gone from that roster last year, but that's still a damn good basketball team, and he's still a damn good player, and he, he we're going to have to answer the Devries question, and I imagine that Malavai is going to be the answer to that question. Well, and that, the one thing you say about Malavai this year is offensive game has been up and down at times, but he's been rock solid on defense um, as right. expected, and that's and and that's the kind of stuff that doesn't always show up in a traditional stat sheet that people don't see, but he does all the little things, all those things that. You know, you're not going to see in a box score. They make a huge, huge difference, and that's what we're going to need him to do tomorrow. Obviously, if we can get something from him on offense, um, that that will be helpful. Yep. <laughs> uh, yep. But his number one job tomorrow, I'm yep. sure, is to contain Tucker. Yeah, and you know, you know, I got to do it right now. Right. Let's, uh, do it. Okay. Returning points from this game from last year to this year. In other words, the game that was played at home, the last game that we won the regular season with the returning points for the rostered players, 45-25 favor of Bradley. The starters is 39-23. Brody had 12, DeVries had 11, and Ferguson had two. Gotcha. So of, re, of, the, of the same from their team that's returning for this game, that's, that was the point production. I don't know that the transitive property will will apply no. there, but um, I mean, because I let's appreciating matter. Let's break down those numbers <laughs> from the the tournament championship game. They're probably not as favorable um, in our direction, but well, no, no, uh, and it's a red. There's out, other man. reasons for that though, too. Yeah, it's a red out. Everybody's gonna have their red on, and hopefully, we get a good crowd. It's not gonna be like the crowd was last year, you know, with the home games the, and the crowds league, make them different. The league championship on the line, but. I expect a decent crowd being a Saturday, 5 p.m. start. Uh, the weather's nice. Uh, some Sometimes inclement weather keeps some folks away from uh, from Carver once in a while, but that shouldn't be an issue tomorrow. Uh, looking forward to a, a 
raucous environment, right? Uh, one of the buzzwords. So, yeah. Uh, go ahead, Matt. Well, I was going to say, so, Rick, you talked about officiating. And, and I'm not a conspiracy theory guy or, or, or anything like that. But when you look at the breakdown of free throws sh- shot by Evansville and shot by Bradley last time, you know, 23 for Evansville, 10 for Bradley. And that kind of a discrepancy isn't necessarily indicative of home cooking, but it certainly helps when you have 13 more opportunities to put up 13 right. more points, right? And so those things, I think, do matter. And sometimes it happens, right? You get some home cooking. And I'm I'm not saying that these refs are, like, paid by these universities, but being at home a lot of times helps. And I think in a big game like this, if they were going back-to-back on the road, I would feel a lot worse about this game after the way that they played because – as you said, Brad, it's tough to win on the road in the Valley. It doesn't matter who you're yep. playing. and But I think from going to that environment, which according to the box score, it says 3,500 people were at the game. I'm not buying that for a second. Somebody, they all must have been in line at the concession. <laughs> I was going to say, somebody fudged that number. Coach Wardle said it was one of the bigger crowds that they've had when we've been there to play them. That's a backhanded so in the last compliment. several years. So. Backhanded compliment <laughs> is what that is. I'm just coming out and saying it. I don't know Coach Wardle at all, but let me just say that's a backhand. Well, he was he was asked right after that. Uh, he was he was asked, you know that or it was mentioned to him that it's probably because it was Bradley that they were playing. He goes, yeah, probably. I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's where you want to be. I mean, we right? do have the we do have the bullseye on us. Yeah, but that's where you want to be. Brad says it all the time about Notre Dame. They're not going to catch anybody sleeping. You're not going to no. come in and underestimate no. Notre Dame. I mean, they're a brand, so. When it comes down to this conference, it happens. But I think the, I don't know if you guys got the email. I saw it on Twitter that apparently the university sent an email talking about the dress code for what section you're sitting in and all the sections were red. And I'm like, that's actually kind of funny. I thought that was pretty good. But I'm also like in today's age, you kind of have to make sure you remind everybody how to do the simplest stuff. So, you know, it is what it is. But it is going to be a big game and we are going to do something for it either the day after, probably on Monday. I think we talked about Monday but I, they need this win, and I feel confident about it. But overall, I know you guys are confident, but do you guys see them eking it out? Do you see it being a tough game, or how confident are you? It's going to be a ball game. I, I fully expect it to be a, a good basketball game and, and tight down to the wire. And, I mean, I'm confident in this team to go out there and put forth a good effort. Obviously, all that's all this team has control over is how they play. If this team plays their best basketball or something close to it, they're going to be very difficult to beat. And now if Drake shows up with their best game, we're in for a real treat tomorrow as college basketball fans. I can tell you that much. So uh, Drake struggles against teams like us. So elaborate. Mike, I'm, I'm saying elaborate. Yes. Um, Missouri State, you know. Struggling against teams named Bradley. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean – because we get after it. We can run up and down. We run up and down the floor against, you know, with Drake like we can. You know, Brody's going to be too wore out to, to do a whole lot of damage. You know, I mean, that, and they don't have anybody outside of Ferguson to replace him. You just guarantee that Brody's going to go for like oh, 30 I know. tomorrow. Uh, no, I'm just. I'm no, just, but you're right. We The way we, we play fast, we play pretty fast, I think, uh, compared to maybe how we have in the past. And I think that is definitely going to cause a guy like that. Um some problems for sure. And I love what Todd said, man. Bradley blow out by 15. That'd be fantastic. Well, if, we're, if, we're, if we come out clicking on all cylinders, both sides of the floor for both halves, oh, it's going it, to, yeah, I, I 100% it's, it's agree. It's possible. I mean, this team is It'll possible be, of beating that team that badly. Absolutely. Yep. 
but you kind of um, want that, right? Like you you would love to see that only not not just from a fan perspective where you're like, oh, I love seeing my team blow out one of our rivals, but after this loss to come out and have such a definitive oh, win yeah. and be clicking on all cylinders, it's like maybe this is the start of this run that we're going to make. And it would be a confidence builder because no matter where they end up in Arch Madness, they're going to have to probably play Drake to get to Indiana State if they're on that side of the bracket. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, they could lose. So a good confidence booster, in my opinion, a home game. I'm feeling really good about it. It's going to be my second game watched ever, but I'm feel I, I'm not going to be 0-2. I just I don't feel it. No way, man. And uh, yeah, Todd said revenge game for the tournament last year. I mean, it's very possible we could play Drake three times like in the next month. Yeah. And uh, it'd be nice to set the tone right away with a definitive win. Yeah. And the big difference this year playing them in the tournament would be they would be our second game and not our third. Yes. Yeah. And they're all tough. Um, but watch them. We're, we're hyping it up and somebody will knock them. The UIC will knock them off. Hey, uh, you'll take like it. That. You're not right. going to complain about upsets in that tournament as long as it's not Bradley being upset yeah. too of early. Too early. Of course. Of course. Well, gentlemen. Uh, do you have anything else to add about this particular game or anything else? We're going to be breaking down next week's action when we break down the game on Monday, I think, Monday night. But do you have anything else you want to add about this week's action or anything that you want to get off your chest? I do think it was interesting that uh, I did make a note of it. I didn't mention it earlier. All the games uh, that were going on while the Brad, all the Valley games were within five points at halftime the other mm-hmm. night, which I thought was exciting. I mean, obviously, uh, Indiana State uh, absolutely drew up Valpo, but... Uh, every other game was tight, and they all finished pretty tight, too. And that's what you want to see in a league like this this time of year. And, um, you know, people, a lot of people sell this league short, but it's a good, good basketball league. So I'm sure there's going to be a lot of great games uh, tomorrow and this weekend as well that are going to be highly contested. Uh, one thing, yeah, I do want to mention something. I wanted to get to this at the top, but you know, we kind of got off to the weird start and we got rolling. Went, wanted to get into the games. Uh, so I was listening back to our first episode the other day, which honestly I don't like to do. I don't usually don't go back and listen to podcasts I'm a part of because I tend to pick myself apart a little bit. And uh, this is, I guess, a case of that, but I think it's valid here. I made a comment about how we have four wasted scholarships, and that did not sit well with me at all when I heard that come out of my mouth listening back because that's incredibly disrespect- disrespectful to those four players to. Uh, to Gonar and Connor and Sam and Cade, like those guys contribute to this team in ways that aren't going to show up in a box score and that are incredibly meaningful and they bust their tails every day at practice. I have no doubt about that. And, you know, especially the older guys, you know, that have been there on scholarship, Gonar or Connor's been there, but four, maybe well, five years in the COVID year, I don't, I can't say for sure. And Gonar's been here for a couple of years. And then obviously Cade and Sam, um, I've been here for a bit too. And to to put that time in and not get rewarded with minutes off very often takes a special kind of character and a special kind of person. And so I definitely think that it was, uh, I didn't give those guys the respect they deserve when I said that because I love those guys, man. I love that entire team, man. Player one through 13, every single one of them. And those guys are meaningful members of the Bradley basketball family and of that program. And they contribute to the product that we see on the floor every time out. Uh, with the work they put in and practice uh, on the scout team and push. And obviously, you know, Cade's getting in a little bit here and there and and giving us some minutes. So um, I just wanted to get that one off my chest because it just has not set well with me at all 
uh, the last few days. And I, I thank you guys for those of you that may have listened and heard it for kind of giving me grace and not uh, coming at me about it. Nobody said anything to me about it. This is just a me being unhappy with me thing. So um, thank you for that. And uh, yeah. Well, I, I have thoughts on. about that because I, I said it earlier, right? The, the way that this show started, I will let everybody know who's never tuned into us before. That has never happened. It has never happened to me. I flubbed the beginning of it. The sound went out. Everything happened. It's never happened. And we're not professionals. We're not journalists. But we care deeply about putting on a good product for you. And we're also human beings. We're going to say things that either you don't agree with or maybe we didn't say it quite the right way. And I would guarantee that every single person who has tuned into this so far between this episode and the last has said something in their life that they're like, I wish I could reword that, or maybe that wasn't fair. It's gonna happen. Uh, we're gonna be critical at times because as fans, you are critical of the teams that you watch. But one of the things you're gonna get from this show is the love and passion for Bradley basketball from those two gentlemen over there. And you never know, you may convert me, I may become a part of the family as time <laughs> goes on over here. Well, how you know, could you not? Well, you got to remember, I did. You, got, you have to remember, I did go to a fairly large university in Blacksburg, Virginia, for five years. So my loyalties were developed quite a long time ago now, but doesn't mean that there isn't room for more. So, Brad, you you bring all this up, right? And I think one thing we should acknowledge before we sign off here is the response that we received. And there, I just dropped my pen. You see, the response that we received in the days after Saturday's episode was, I would say it's overwhelming. I thought that Saturday was great. I thought we introduced ourselves to the Bradley universe in a pretty great way with Rick, your history, the story between you and and Brad and, and everything that you guys have had and shared through Bradley basketball. But for Home of the Brave to pick it up and be supportive for so many alums, so many people who just love this team to be following us on Twitter, X, whatever, and just sharing and, and saying supportive things, it means a lot to us because Brad and I have been doing Iceman and Coach since October of 2022, and we have not received that much love combined in all the other episodes that we have done outside of maybe the Lionel Messi episode that Brad very astutely walked through his vast knowledge of the the Ballon d'Or winner or the eight-time eight -time winner of it. So we want to say thank you. For sure. And uh, gentlemen, I don't know if Absolutely. you have anything to add to that, but uh, that's how I felt this week. And I know for for Brad, it was maybe a little like, whoa, this is happening real fast. But uh, it was it was awesome. And I think it was well deserved from us. Yeah, I agree completely. Uh, seriously, thank you, everybody, for the support. It's been great. And hopefully it just grows and grows. And we're all in this together, man. Like, uh, I love the input from everybody. I love the interaction in the comments section. I love the comments. Um, on the posts on X and the uh, direct messages we've received from many people just striking up conversations, wanting to get involved and being a part of this in some way, shape or form. Uh, that's fantastic. And we want to do all of those things with all of you. So um, it's just exciting to have a, another place. And we don't have a lot of them as Bradley fans, but to, to have a, to have another place where we can come together and celebrate our, uh, our passion and our fandom when it comes to Bradley basketball. Cause I know that, it's for a lot of people there, there aren't a lot of casual Bradley fans like your Bradley fans have been Bradley fans out of since the womb. Right. And they are very, uh, very passionate and very invested uh, in this basketball program. Yes. So definitely awesome. And what do we have going forward? Last time we kind of didn't know what we were going to do, but we have some things lined up. 
as Brad said, we got some support and some messages from some folks. One of them was Home of the Brave, which is the NIL collective, and they've been massively supportive. Some of the guys that have been in touch with me are going to come on here probably to preview the Illinois State game that's in a couple of weeks. And then we also have Matt McLean, who is the color commentator for ESPN Plus for Bradley Home Games. He's going to come on here a couple days before the start of Arch Madness to preview the whole tournament with us and and kind of talk about his Bradley fandom. So this is going hot and heavy right now. We're trying to get guests. We're trying to figure out a way to get people to share their thoughts. And maybe it won't happen in the time between now and the end of the season because there's not a lot of time. And I'm a family man. Brad's a family man. You know, Rick's a family guy. So, like, we got a lot of stuff going on. But we're going to try to do all of it. If you have anything you want to hear from us about, you have the number at the bottom of the screen. But for those in audio, 703-718-6314. You can email icemanandcoach at gmail.com. You can find us on X, TikTok, Facebook, a whole assortment of things. If you want to watch us on YouTube, hopefully you've hit subscribe by now. But if you want to listen to us in audio as well, Iceman and Coach is where you can find it. And we're coming hot and heavy for Bradley basketball between now and the end of this season. So, gentlemen, I had a great time tonight. I hope that Bradley Bradley Nation had a good time tonight. And we'll see you next time. This is Brace Talk. Go be you. The opinions and viewpoints expressed on INC Sports are those of Matt Freights, Brad Powell, and their guests, and not necessarily those of the Matty Ice Media Network. INC Sports is exclusively owned by Matt Freights and Brad Powell and is brought to you by the Matty Ice Media Network.